and welcome to the Booby Knit Podcast, where we lift the lid on breastfeeding and tell you what it's really like. I'm your host, Ruth, founder of the online breastfeeding magazine, boobingit.com, and proud mama of two. On each episode, I'll be joined by a special guest to have meaningful conversations about breastfeeding and digging deep on those issues and topics that matter most to you. So let's get on with the show. to let you know that our sponsors of the Booping It podcast this week are Frau Pau. They are an award-winning breastfeeding brand offering a selection of breast pumps and exclusive midwife support for breastfeeding mothers. The Frau Pau Hands-Free Breast Pump won Best Breastfeeding Accessory 2022 and Best Wearable Breast Pump 2022. Their wearable pump gives the wearer freedom and flexibility that other traditional pumps simply cannot. It's so simple and easy to use, you'll forget you're even wearing it. You can find out more about Frau Pau, their breast pumps and support services on fraupau.com. Today, I am joined by Joe Parkington, a midwife and the co-founder and CEO of Epical Global. Joe has worked on the front line of midwifery within the NHS in the UK and in the private sector. She has been the founder and CEO of a number of organizations, including One to One Midwives, which was the first midwifery-led organization to be commissioned by the NHS. Now as the CEO of Epical, Joe provides midwife, virtual care services and digital content resources, working with the likes of health insurers, retailers and brands such as the breast pump brand Frau Pau. It's Joe's intention to ensure that all expectant parents from anywhere in the world can access safe and effective midwifery knowledge on demand. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of midwife care and support when it comes to breastfeeding and how new parents can look to avail of midwife support when they need it most. Welcome, Joe. Perhaps you could start by telling us a bit more about yourself, your work as a midwife, and how it led you to doing the work that you do now. Um, okay, Ruth. So I've been a midwife for 30 years. Um, so you can imagine I've uh, experienced quite a lot of changes through through that time. Um, we, as midwives, we're seen as the guardians of normality, if you like, and that applies to breastfeeding. But unfortunately, I would uh, go out on a limb and say that breastfeeding is very low down on the priority of a midwife's role. And that's because of the structure of the NHS system, the funding that's available, etc. So just to put that in context, midwives have the ability uh, the professional scope um, to be able to care for women through the whole of the life cycle of a woman from uh, menstruation through to menopause. But in the UK, we very much restrict the midwife's role to pregnancy and birth. And um, we don't even really uh, focus on afterbirth very well. Uh, most people will say that postnatal care is the Cinderella of the service and it's got worse uh over time and you know we you know in the in the uk we're very blessed to have a public funded service that that comes with limitations and the limitations are that you know the funding has to flow where there's the greatest risk and the biggest risk is in the place of birth so breastfeeding is a low low priority on a midwife's uh, role throughout the day and many women are feeding back to us that they're getting less and less support from midwives after the birth and even health visitors are not stepping up to 
to fill that gap either. And again, that's another funding issue that's a whole different podcast, I think, you know, around how funding um, does affect the agenda and the ability for women to do. What I will say from a funding perspective, though, the UK government have got, um, in comparison to other um comparable countries a fantastic maternity leave policy um, you know in the US for example women are back in work you know no sooner than they've left the you know the hospital almost you know so in the UK we are funded in a different way um, but it doesn't translate into good breastfeeding support it just means women are at home longer with, with the baby on their own <laughs> trying to navigate that time on their own if you like so um yeah so I've, I've been a midwife for for a long time and I've seen many many changes in the system uh, that we work in and that's led me to setting up different companies to try and resolve that to find solutions to support that um and I am proud of what we achieved but again due to funding they didn't survive and um you know, in the one to I set up a business called One to One Midwives, and we were commissioned by the NHS. Uh, we were the first company to be so, and we were able to provide what's called continuity, and we cared for women right through, uh, from the time they booked with us right through to discharge, and our breastfeeding initiation rates were well in the ninety-seven percent, and our breastfeeding at discharge was still in the 84%, something along those lines. So it does evidence that when women have that ongoing, consistent advice and support, that thing, you know, it can be achieved. And um, we were proud of what we achieved with that. Yeah, and it, certainly in the stories that uh, women tell us on boobingit.com about their new birth and breastfeeding experience, the midwife often plays such a key role. You know, they they talk about how their midwife helped them breastfeed, give them the confidence to breastfeed, to get that journey off to a good start. And we all need that really because that, the midwife's probably our first contact after birth about how the heck are we going to feed this baby. Um, so that's why it's so incredibly sad to also hear how it's so low down because of the pressures midwives are under. You know, helping somebody breastfeed is not a priority for them, which is heartbreaking. And it's got worse, as you say, over time. But um, in what ways do you think a midwife can play a key part in promoting and supporting breastfeeding? I think to start with, if you know, if if we had the, the holy grail of, um, you know, that continuity of care and a midwife that, you know, you trust, that would be a massive big step forward for every woman but for me now with what I do now I very importantly I see the midwives role in giving women information that they can then apply to themselves and you know we have spent a long time in the UK and I'm I'm not going to knock it but many trusts spend hours and thousands if not hundreds of thousands of pounds to achieve the UNICEF baby friendly initiative and what that does it prevents midwives from really applying individualized personalized care and support to that woman that might not follow those 
10 steps of the baby friendly, you know, agenda. Um, so I think what's important is that women have the information and they can apply it and then seek the level of support they need. And what midwives don't have uh, is time. Time is the biggest constraint uh, after money, <laughs> after funding. So lots of time when there is a breastfeeding issue, the issue then becomes a big problem that needs time to resolve. You know, you have to sit with women sometimes and watch how they feed, watch how the baby's latching, watch the process of that feed, what is actually happening. Midwives don't have time to sit for an hour and go through that with the women. So it's very important that the women have information first and knowledge to be able to say okay I think this could be the problem can you help me with this part of the problem um and obviously we move into then breastfeeding peer support workers etc that are brilliant and can do that but from a midwife's role in the constraints that we have with the system we work in I would say that the biggest role they have now is information and knowledge and sharing that yeah, a hundred percent. And if only if only they did have the time to sit. Um, like I remember my mum always talks about, you know, when she had my brother and I in the 80s in hospital and she was in hospital for like a week. And uh, she looks back on breastfeeding very um fondly. By the time she left hospital, breastfeeding was was going great, you know. And you can imagine why, because she was in hospital receiving care, um, you know, people helping her with that. And there's just not that we just don't have that you know you're you very rarely are people even over, uh, staying overnight after they've had their baby so what chance really is there for one-to-one as you say in-depth breastfeeding support if the if the mummy is having an issue um it's very hard to kind of get to the root of it then um so with that in mind obviously then you set up you know you're seeing a gap there a gap in care and you work with lots of companies and brands such as the breast pump brand Frau Pau to be able to offer new parents one-to-one midwife support in all matters relating to breastfeeding and pumping. So in what ways are you actually able to do this? Okay, so the the company we've set up now, we went into Midwives Live chat. So what we noticed was we do offer telehealth or it's known as telehealth, virtual care, the, whatever tag goes on that. But actually, not all women want that. They don't necessarily need a 20-minute virtual consultation. They just need a quick live chat, you know, can I can I eat this when I breastfeed or can you know, can I do that? Um, but Frau Pau have been amazing. So they offer the live chat, but as well as that, they also offer three telehealth so for those women that do want that extra support and they don't you won't know you want the extra support so you can have those appointments at any point that you want that support they're not set you know you don't have to use them within a particular time frame for example so it may be that actually you need the support when you're looking at weaning rather than at the very early stages so um, Frau Power have been amazing in how they've applied what we, we can do. Um, one of the biggest barriers to uh, midwifery care outside of the NHS is the insurance. So that limited us with what we chose to do. And live chat and telehealth is a, a low cost 
insurance that allows us to be on demand. Then what we wanted to do is say, we don't want women to pay for this. We want equity. We want it to be easily accessed by any woman from anywhere. That And live chat gives us the ability to cross those, to remove the barriers to access support and also to remove any geographical boundaries because we all know, particularly in the UK, it's a postcode lottery in what's available and how to access it. So, and to be honest, sometimes on the chat, we'll say to women, would you like to move to a video chat? It might be easier for me to see it, to look at it. And they don't want to, they just want to stay in a chat. I wanted to take a little break in this episode to tell you more about our sponsors, Frau Pau, and how they are supporting breastfeeding mothers through their award-winning breast pumps and breastfeeding support services. Frau Pau was founded by Sunita Bows, a passionate breastfeeding mama who is on a mission to support all mamas on their breastfeeding and pumping journey. Not only has their hands-free breast pump revolutionized pumping for mothers around the world, but their support group on Facebook called Pump It! is there every step of the way for mothers. They've also introduced a telehealth services for Frau Pau, allowing their customers to avail of one-to-one midwife-led breastfeeding support via video call or over the phone. You can find out more about Frau Pau, their products and services on fraupau.com. I find it quite fascinating, Ruth, actually, that over 30 years, how we've seen that type of communication have to change. And we're now dealing with a generation that are very, very comfortable online using technology. They don't always want a face-to-face. They don't always feel comfortable with a face-to-face. And to be honest, why do they want a face-to-face with somebody they've never met? They don't know. They don't know who you are, what your beliefs are. So a chat is a very easy, simple way to communicate and get information there without the pressure of, uh, brushing your hair for example or do I need to put lippy on to, to you know um so it, it's working we're very um you know we're really pleased with how it's working and how we're meeting the needs and demands of women you can tell some of the women are using the chat on the go you know they'll come back ask a question and then a bit later they'll come back and say sorry just got on the train you know <laughs> they're doing it on the go it's brilliant that we're we're there for when they suddenly think, I just need to find out about this. And as you say, you've tapped into what works well for our generation, for the, you know, the parents now who are just so used to doing everything on their phone, very comfortable, you know, ordering something online to having discussions about breastfeeding online. They're just comfortable with that text format. And as you say, they want to be able to do it on the go, um, you know, getting on the train or whatever. They don't want to be held back. And when they want information, they kind of want it now. We're very, we're very, uh, I always say that we're, we're not very patient <laughs> and we just want it there. And then so how fantastic that you're able to offer that. And certainly Sunita from Pow in our previous episode talked about the telehealth service that she is offering through Pow and Honestly, I think this is the way it's going to go. Now, how amazing, because we we often can't get the, the midwife support in hospital that we often are hoping to get. So to be able to access it in other ways and other means is really, really wonderful. 
And I'd love for I'd love to ask you, what would you say are those common breastfeeding queries that you would receive through the virtual care services? Are, are there certain things that come up time and again? I think the biggest one, um, Ruth, is that women have have very little knowledge of babies' behaviour. So they don't understand that actually it isn't necessarily a problem that baby wants to feed all the time or not feed, depending on me. So one of the biggest queries we get is, uh, my baby's doing this, so is that okay? You know, it, it, uh, around feeding, for example, you know, they're snacking, my baby's snacking, for example, or, or my baby wakes up more in the night than, than in the day, and how can I turn that around? You know, things like that. Um, really common and then obviously the other one is uh, sore and cracked nipples that's a massive uh, a massive problem and then actually the next one I would say the top three are the baby behavior understanding baby behavior with regards to feeding patterns um, sore cracked nipples and then the next one is weaning going back to work how do I get my baby to take a bottle or uh, you know, I want to express more. How do I then get my baby to take a bottle? Because I've got to go back to work. So they tend to be the, probably the top three queries that um, that we get. Yeah, and those are of no surprise to me at all. Um, and the, the first one, it is incredibly sad, though, to know that people don't know about normal infant behaviour. They don't know about the fact that in the early days, baby just wants to probably feed all the time and they instantly think there's something wrong with them or something wrong with their bodies that they can't, um, that they're not producing enough milk. That's a big one. They just instantly have doubt. And a lot of the time, you know, we're putting putting this down to the fact that, you know, in the last lot of decades, it's been infant formula use, bottle feeding. And that generational knowledge of breastfeeding is not trickling down. We're not seeing our, you know, older family members breastfeed and we're not hearing about oh baby feeds all the time that's totally normal um which is so sad but hopefully hopefully we'll start to see a shift in that because how amazing to be able to um to share that knowledge and impart that knowledge I always put a lot down to whilst I never see my own mother breastfeed because I was the youngest I was always aware and brought up to know that I was breastfed as a child and I just had that that knowledge that my mum did it I just knew then whenever I had my child I would do it and she just gave me this air of confidence which you just can't, you just can't measure that. Do you know what I mean? So whenever I did have those difficulties, I just thought, well, if my mum got through those difficulties, I can get through it too, you know, and it was just that reassurance. And I think we all need that in our life. So thank you for being able to provide that to lots of um, new parents out there. Um, and just, uh, just to finish off, I'd love to ask you, Joe. you know, for any expectant or new mummy out there, what top tips or advice would you give to them to help get breastfeeding off to the best possible start relax <laughs> relax you know there's no there's no right and wrong with this and there's no rule book so one day may be one thing and another day may turn out to be something else so you have to just relax and go with that um baby you need to follow baby's cues so the other thing we do is try and fit baby into our life and the life we had, not the other way around. And babies, uh, you know, we say it all the time, babies don't read the books, et cetera, et cetera. But 
just when you think you've cracked it one day, it's brilliant, baby's feeding brilliant, going to sleep well, all those things. And then the next day, it's all upside down again from that. So more importantly, it's just relax and know it's okay. Go with the flow. Um, you know, in life, we expect difficult times. We We expect to have good days, bad days. But suddenly when we become new parents, we don't expect that. We suddenly expect to be good all the time. Our baby will be good all the time. And actually life life throws us curveballs and we have to be prepared to roll with those curveballs. And particularly not just breastfeeding, but, you know, anyone that's had children will know that, you know, babies will throw all sorts of curveballs at us and you just have to be able to relax through those and you know there's no you know the world health organization reckons that 20 percent of women worldwide have a mental health issue and most of those mental health issues begin before birth but they become worse after birth and some of it is due to our expectations of motherhood and parenthood and how we, uh, you know, can we be great parents? And I think for anything in life, we have to learn resilience. Uh, you know, resilience is a big word that's banded around, but it just means that we're able to take it and go with it and not constantly feel that guilt that we've done something wrong and that that is massive in the early days of parenting where breastfeeding is concerned you know being able to just know that it will you'll get through it it will go through and you'll come out the other side um how many you know i just want want to put it out there how many babies are left not to thrive because women are not producing enough milk or because babies are, we do it we find a way through we find a way of making sure our babies are not just survive but thrive and um some days you wonder how you do that in the early days but you do you know and sometimes you need more help than others and other times the problem is, I think, when you're not going through the best time, you always notice those women that look like queens go floating through it, you know, with the baby hanging off the boob with no problem, as well as shopping and, you know, a toddler on the hip, you know. They're very few and far between. And if you see that, it might just be that that mum's having a good day that day. <laughs> you know, so the other things don't compare don't compare it's yeah. not it's not worth your mental health to to do that yeah thank you for thank you for saying all those reassuring messages relax take the pressure off yourself and don't compare and I think a big part of why this generation do put so much pressure on themselves and find it hard to relax and do compare is of course social media because we Absolutely. see the best of the best you know the best days out the best experiences and of course there are those accounts that are very open and honest and and that's really really wonderful about the challenges of early motherhood and breastfeeding but yeah we always have to remember it's a snapshot of somebody's life 
And while you might think somebody's bossing it and breastfeeding's going wonderfully, you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors and you have to give yourself grace. And, you know, one mother might have an amazing support system and another mother may not have anything. So to compare yourself and to compare situations, it's just, it's a, you, nothing will be gained from that. And um, certainly I wish I had have had that. I think there's enormous pressure to be the perfect parent, to be the perfect partner, to be perfect in all areas of your life. And you just can't do it. Like, for example, at the minute, I've got the cold and I have a shorter fuse than usual with my children and they're getting a little bit more screen time and I could feel guilty in the evening. But I have to tell myself, well, I did the best that I could today. And sometimes sometimes mommy needs a break and mommy needs to know when, you know, what her limitations are shall we say absolutely and you know mental health is a big thing so if if mothers feel more mentally resilient and strong then the children will you know mental health impacts the children far more than we think you know and they're very particularly babies they're very tuned into us uh, and tuned into the mother and you know it's really um important relax isn't just about relax mentally relax is physically because babies will feel that tension they will feel that tension in your arm in your whole body and they won't they will respond to that you know they will respond to that so it's it's not just about relaxing on a mental level and saying go with the flow it's about you know just trying to relax when you're feeling a little bit uptight give yourself that time to just go somewhere and deep breathe, you know, whatever you need to do, the cup of coffee you need, whatever you need to to help you come back. And it's not it it's not a failure to ask for help in that way. So if you have to hand baby over for a few minutes or an hour, you know, whatever you need, then do so. And that's not a failure at all. No, um, and digressing now, but <laughs> that's it's so important. It is so important to ask for help and support because I think a lot of the time when we do go through difficulties and challenges and, you know, I'm talking about breastfeeding, you some a lot of us tend to go, you know, we we internalize it and we don't want to talk about it because we think, oh, we're we're feeling it. This, this should be come naturally to us. And why is it not? And that's the worst thing you can do is internalize it. You need to get it. I talk to somebody and say, I'm really struggling. And even just saying it kind of is, is very freeing. And even if that person doesn't necessarily have you know, a magic wand to make everything better. It's, it's kind of a bit of a load off your, the mental load, shall we say. So I think that's really good. You know, reach out for support um, because when you're in the midst of it and midst of early motherhood, it, it can be really hard to ask for help and you want to kind of try and do it all yourself, but we weren't built that way. I think one of the things I used to say to the women I looked after on a midwifery level was antenatally find, build your support network now. Don't wait until you need one. Build it now, you know. And if that means finding out where those breastfeeding cafes are or where the local mums go, you know, is there anywhere locally? Because you might not want to go today, but actually when the baby's a week old, you might actually find it amazing to go out to the local uh, cafe and sit with a few mums and just say, I'm not having a good day today. And I can guarantee those mums will surround you <laughs> with what can we do? This is normal. It's okay. You know, it's normal to feel like that. Even if they've never met you as women, it's the first thing we'll do. Um, so build your network, find them and find them early. 
so that you know where to access them when you do need it. Because when you need it, you won't go and find them. You're too busy dealing with the problem. Yeah. So build it first. Um, yeah. And there's nearly always somewhere locally you can go. Nearly always. Somewhere. Especially now that, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic and those tough few years that we all that we all went through, you know, it's, um, you know, we are able to access those support groups more readily now, which is, which is amazing. But Joe, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us today. It's been very enlightening and very empowering. So thank you very much for being my guest today. You're welcome. And thank you for asking. Thank you to Brow Pow for sponsoring this episode of the Booting It podcast. Through their award-winning breast pumps and breastfeeding support services, Frau Power are empowering women to breastfeed and pump on their own terms and in a way that fits in with their lifestyle. You can find out more about Frau Pau, their products and support services on fraupau.com. That's F-R-A-U-P-O-W.com. Thank you for listening to this episode you can find out the latest breastfeeding news and information on boobingit.com and you can also join the boobing it community on facebook instagram and twitter see you in the next show